0: The Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. a $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use the promo code NFCBEAST for 15% off. Active until the Eagles or Giants lose their next game. welcome to the fantasy baseball podcast i am your host blake meyer joined as always by my co-host ryan gilbert how you doing ryan
1: uh i'd be doing a lot better if the phillies didn't blow a 4 nothing lead in game two in san diego but all in all, still uh 1-1 coming back home. So there's still, still a decent chance. I, I'm still pretty confident, but, you know, anything can happen, playoff baseball.
0: Yeah, that was a rough loss. I wanted to text you about it, but <laughs> as a Mariners fan, we also blew a pretty yeah. significant lead. So I knew yeah. what you were going through. So I was like, you know, what, I'm going to let you, I'm gonna just let you simmer on that one because I know the hurt, it burns deep. So I figured you could deal with that. But game coming, I mean, I guess we're putting this out it'll be game today for the Phillies. Uh, what you thinking about
1: the the game coming up? Yeah, this uh, Friday night game three, I think it's Ranger Suarez against Joe Musgrove. So people are going to look at that and be like, okay, yeah, Joe Musgrove has a clear uh, advantage. But Ranger Suarez is one of the unsung heroes on the Phillies. He, I think I saw a tweet that he had a better, like, ERA, FIP, XFIP in the second half than Musgrove had. So Ranger Suarez, he's cool, calm, and collected always. Pitches the same way, as long as he can... Uh, Keep the ball in the yard, uh, not get too wild. He he does have he has a tendency to have a few too many walks occasionally. I think he one of his starts in September he like walked a run in and then he was trying to stay in the game. It's like no, you can't you can't walk a run (laughs) in and and then tell the manager to not come get you. But I mean yeah, coming back home, it's gonna be interesting. Interesting to see what they do with pitching plans for game four and five. They could go Wheeler Nola both on three days rest. They could go someone like Noah uh, Noah Syndergaard again in, in Game Three, then go Wheeler full rest on Sunday. Uh, I could see it depending on if they win Friday, but yeah, that's what they got to do. Game Three is ahead of them. Got to win every game. It's going to be a raucous crowd in Philadelphia, and hopefully they can take advantage.
0: Do you trust Syndergaard in the playoffs? He had like a a really up and down season this year. Is he somebody that that you trust? Um,
1: not really. I mean, I I'm. Higher on him than a lot of people are. Like I, I'm not like, oh my God, don't let him take the mound. And I think his start against the Braves proved that he he can pitch still, even though it, I think he only went one time through the order, maybe three or four innings, but he was he was solid. It, but the thing is, this Padres lineup is so much more dangerous, I think, than the Braves one was. Even with Acuna and Austin Riley and Matt Olson, I think San Diego having Soto, Machado, we saw Josh Bell hit a towering home run. Brandon, Jer- Brandon Drury, a uh, under the radar trade deadline pickup, Jake Cronenworth in there, Jerks and Profar had and lead off. I think he got a double yesterday. So this is a lineup I feel it's kind of like the Phillies, where anyone one to six can't, could go deeper or could hit a double in the gap. So it's you can't let up against them, and that's what the Phillies are going to have to concentrate on because they let up on uh, Wednesday's game two and they just couldn't come back from that. I think it was a five-run fifth inning the Padres had in the in the in the loss there. So yeah, with Cindergard, it's he's he's pitched before. Obviously, he's a different different pitcher now. So I, I I think I trust him. Go go him, and then put in someone like Bailey Falter, a lefty, or, or Zach Eflin for an inning or two to to get get to the the good guys in the bullpen because Anthony Dominguez has been incredible. Uh, Jose Alvarado, I mean, he was a mess last year, he was a mess a part of this season, and then he went down to AAA, came back up, and he's been unhittable since. Uh, so those. that's what you got to get to, because we saw Brad Hand, we saw uh, Bilotti, we see all, the, all these other guys that can't quite get it done. So hopefully they can get enough innings out of whoever starts Thursday, or whoever starts Game 4 on Saturday to uh, get to that bullpen.
0: Sir Anthony Dominguez, it's like one of the all-time names in baseball. But speaking of hard-hit balls, that home run that Schwarber hit was incredible. I had to pause. My girlfriend wasn't the happiest because uh, we were watching one of our shows when we were in bed. And I saw the update that Schwarber hit an absolute fucking missile. And I paused our show that we were watching so that I could pull (laughs) pull up the clip on the MOB app. And I had her watch it, and I was like, he hit the absolute shit out of that ball. And she was like, did you really just pause our show so you could watch a baseball clip real quick? And I was like, yes, I did. Yes, I did. 120 miles per hour off the bat, 488 feet. That I don't know what it is about Schwarber and postseason home runs, but mm. is fucking incredible. That thing was demolished. Yeah, that that was
1: an absolutely huge home run. Something where off the bat, like I'm looking, like did he pull out foul? Is that not why he's moving, or is it just that gone? And then the camera switch, and it was it was that gone. It was it was out of there so quick, reminiscent of the uh, Matt Stairs home run, of course, during the 2008 run against the Dodgers, and that was big for him because he needed some sort of hit to break out of his slump. That was a big home run. He's been leading off and not doing too much. So, But that's the type of impact he can make with with one swing. He completely changed that game. And after Harper home run earlier, the Phillies have had, had a few of those, you know, no doubt, right off the bat home runs. Reese Hoskins, that big one at home against the Braves, that Schwarber one. Even that Harper one that went opposite field, I was like, okay, that that looks gone off the bat, but it was, it was only barely gone. But yeah, Schwarber is – it has some huge postseason home runs now. I mean, that's a absolutely ginormous home run. I wonder how far it would have went in Coors Field, or I wonder how far it would have went oh. here in Philly. Because I mean, it would definitely. I'm not sure if you're if you're familiar with the outfield in Philly, but there's three decks, and I think only Ryan Howard's hit the third deck so far. Harper may have like almost hit it once, but that definitely would have would have gone pretty far up.
0: That feels like something that's obtainable for a guy like Schwarber. Like I know in I'm not familiar with the the Phillies stadium out there, but I know like at T-Mobile Park out here in Seattle, nobody's ever hit it out of the stadium. And every time I watch Eugenio Suarez like connect on a ball to left field, I'm like he's he's probably gonna be the first person that ever hits one out of the stadium.
1: Oh, yeah. I just, I just Googled it really quick. Yeah, that that that's kind of looks looks similar to almost where the train tracks are in Houston. I mean, probably a little bit further because it's because they don't have the Crawford boxes there. But, yeah, I I also want to see somebody hit it out of Citizens Bank Park because, I mean, people have hit it into Ashburn Alley over the batter's eye. Just got to get like 20, 30 more feet. So I'm hoping during the uh, home run derby in 2026, we see some shots out there.
0: Oh, that'd be amazing. Uh. But let's get to some ads. I'm trying to be more self aware <laughs> about the ads and how not good I am at doing the ad reads. But guess what? I'm going to do them anyways. Uh, thinking of joining WinBet? Now's the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Looking to join the WinBet Biggest Winners Club? Whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds wise gets a oh, $1,000 free bet, almost at $100. Last week's winner of the Biggest Winners Club was a New York better who hit a plus 15,066 parlay on all live money lines, wagering $110.40 to win $16,743.56. Winbet truly is hashtag DJNs only. There is so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to com slash winbet so you know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T, to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.
1: Yeah, so I know you say that you didn't want to talk about it too much, but we, we haven't recorded in a few weeks. Uh, how how do you wrap up this Mariner season? I mean, even making the playoffs oh. for them was kind of incredible. Getting past the wild card round, I, th- I think, is a, a success for them. But, yeah, it was kind of a, a letdown there against Houston, especially that game one.
0: It was it was the weirdest sequence for a Mariners fan, at least I know for me, because on one hand, like, they're just so happy that they made it for the first time. in. Tw- I mean, I was 13 uh, last time they made the playoffs. And I'm, uh, I'm 34 now. I always say 35. I'm 34 now. So, like, it, you're just so happy happy to be there but then they sweep Toronto in Toronto and you think okay this team is actually this team's actually pretty damn good and then we get that huge lead on Verlander game one and I I was big on if we were going to beat the Astros you had to beat Verlander once because more than likely you were going to have to face him twice so you were going to need to beat him once in order to have a chance to beat them and that loss in game one was just so deflating and it I should have seen it coming that we were probably gonna get swept after that but I mean it was fun to watch even 18 innings of no run mm-hmm. balls sounds boring but everybody was on the edge of their seat I mean I didn't go to the game because it caused an absolute fortune but we had 40,000 fans there that stood for six and a half hours stood the whole time like i I don't know what playoff baseball is like like in Philadelphia hmm. but out here that's electric like to have that many people standing for that long and they're cheering in the 18th inning as if it's the first pitch of game 1 of the playoffs like it was incredible so there's some holes that need to be filled that's what she said uh next season but I think it it was still a successful season. I would have loved to have seen us at least win one game and not get swept to go from sweeping Toronto to just getting swept by Houston. Big range of emotion, but we're one bad away next year. And I know that sounds like something Mariners fans say every year, but we might legitimately be one bad away. And I'm going to go on a little rant. Jerry DePoto, get your head out of your ass, man. Like, J.P. Crawford does not have to stay at shortstop. He was not even that good of a shortstop this year, and he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn outside of the month of April. He went on the radio, I think it was uh, yesterday or today, talking about how um, the big thing that they're sticking on for this offseason is they want to bring in a shortstop that's willing to play second base so they have all the big shortstops out there bogarts and trevor story and dansby swanson like all those guys Mm -hmm. but they just want to bring in a shortstop that's okay switching to second base because they feel like jp should probably just stay at shortstop and that's what stopped us from getting somebody like trevor story last year trevor story he wanted to come to seattle he did not want to play second base so he ended up going elsewhere and then he freaking ended up playing some second base for the red Sox. so go figure but yeah like it's there's a lot to a lot to take in. I've had a lot of time to think about how everything went down and I'm just excited for next season.
1: Yeah, that that's weird that he came out and said that he wants to he back JP Crawford basically cuz he's if anything he's maybe good defensively but not even that based on based on what I've what I've heard. So, yeah, with all those shortstops out there, Bogars, Correa, Swanson, Trey Turner, and they they should definitely sign one cuz I was looking. I'm looking at their other contracts now. It looks like uh, Mitch Haniger is the only big free agent that they might they might lose. You think they're going to bring him back?
0: Uh, I don't think they're going to bring Haney back. Unfortunately, okay. he's one of my favorites. He was his career is the one that kind of launched my career in the fantasy sports world back in 2017. But uh, he just doesn't really fit with the team anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, and now now you have you have Julio Rodriguez obviously to to take over the mantle of kind of being the the outfielder there to rely on. Um, who else got in the outfield? Oh yeah, I mean yeah, Kelnick. It, it, that that's that that that's the big the big question mark is Kelnick. That's going to be the, the big thing for the Mariners. But yeah. I could definitely see the Mariners signing a shortstop. It's very weird that they he came out and said that they want someone to play second base because that's going to that's gonna cost them at least two or three of the big four, if not all four, because no, I don't think those guys are going to be sitting around like Trevor Story was because there's not going to be a lockout. There's not going to be two months where teams can't sign people. So that's very weird that even before the offseason really begins, he comes out and says that.
0: Yeah, like I, I think you have to if you're DePoto, I mean obviously he knows what he's doing. Like he got he fielded a roster for the Mariners they broke the 21 year playoff drought, but I mean from the outside looking in, you you can't go into it saying, "Nah, JP is still our shortstop. We need some we need to bring somebody in that's going to be more flexible. You need to go out and try and sign one of those guys and then ask them where they want to play. And then if they say they mm-hmm. want to play short like, "I will come to Seattle, but I want to play shortstop," then guess what? JP moves to second like tough shit JP you got to hit more than 240 with five home runs on the year like and play he wasn't even he hasn't even been like a gold glove shortstop for a couple years now so you can't even say like oh like he's elite defensively so he needs to be there he makes cool plays but he had a solid amount of errors this year I don't have the stats up in front of me right now but like he had a good amount of errors this year which should not happen so you have to get somebody in to take that spot. And then if you need to tell JP he needs to go to second, then sorry, buddy, like you're an adult deal with it. Go to second base. You're getting paid millions of dollars. You'll live. But yeah, yeah it's just blows my mind.
1: Yeah. I may have mentioned it before, even with talking about Crawford, but he should be someone like a jerks and Profar, who came up. as a big prospect. Never really figured it out, but Profar can at least play all over. He'll play second. He'll play third. He's playing outfield. Now that should be what Mariners look to do is move Crawford to second base. And or have him just as a utility player or, or a bench, you know, fielder to bring in to protect the lead. Because, yeah, that, that's unless you're just penciling him in to hit nine and, and hoping that his defense rebounds there. There's that's the big position for this this agent, agent class is shortstop. And you can't miss out on them.
0: Exactly. Like you you have to at this point, like we have a team that could make a legitimate postseason run. We just. Adam Frazier at second base and J.P. Crawford at shortstop was an average defensive combo that couldn't hit their way out of a paper bag. Like uh, that's such a gaping hole. Like if you you just got to fill one of them. Like just one, just replace one. That's it. And if you do that, we have a legitimate chance. Like it, those guys. I mean, Adam Frazier had the the double in the wild card round, which. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, that's cool that he did that. I really liked that. Thank you, Adam Frazier. But like, those guys coming up to bat for the most part of the season, especially towards the end, it was just an automatic two outs. Like, if if our seven, eight, nine hitters were coming up, there's automatic two outs, and you just got to hope that somebody like Kelnick can get on base just so that Julio can get one at bat with one person on base. Like, it I'm ready for 2023. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that that's something I like about the Phillies lineup is like the bottom of the order, I'm not just like, okay, that's that's gonna be an outlet. Let's let's get up, go over with the thing They they have guys that may may not Bryson Stott hasn't been hot all, all year. Um Brandon Marsh has been great since coming over from the Angels. Um whoever else is down there, at bottom of the order, Matt Vierling if he's he, if he's in there Edmundo Sosa has even been hitting the ball. So yeah, it's you can't have just outs in your lineup. But yeah, let's let's uh move ahead here to twenty
0: twenty three. I like that, yeah, especially uh, one thing I wanted to cover was the uh, ESPN put out some um, 2023 like super early uh, fantasy player ratings. We are a fantasy baseball podcast, um, and I wanted to go over kind of the the top twelve. We wanted to cover kind of like the the first round guys, and I figured top twelve. A lot of people play twelve team leagues, so top twelve is kind of a good way to cover that uh that first round. And it's a little different because. So this is points leagues. I know Ryan. I know you play on Yahoo. So Otani is two different players. So I don't think he <laughs> cracks the top 12 on Yahoo. Normally, does no, he?
1: Does not. No.
0: Yeah. So like on ESPN, they have Otani one. That's because he he's both a hitter and a pitcher. So I mean, you gotta take both into account. I've in all my years since he's been in the league, I have never been able to draft Otani in league and it is my goal next year to just do as many drafts as i have to so (laughs) i can get otani yeah but the first one that i'm kind of interested to get your take on is after that juan soto Uh i know he doesn't strike out a lot which is big in points leagues no strikes or i mean he strikes out a little bit not a lot of strikes but walks a ton but man he kind of struggled this year do you think he's really worthy of the number two spot
1: yeah, that, that's the first thing that caught my eye. I mean, besides Otani being one, because I'm not used to him being just one player. I'm used to him being put up. But Soto, <laughs> at, Soto at two. Juan Soto, we talked about it in one of our early shows. I drafted him third overall, and he was a guy I couldn't even put, in, even put him in my lineup during the playoffs. He, he was that bad. I guess maybe they hope he'll be better second season in San Diego. Tatis should be back uh, sooner because the Padres are getting all these playoff games. They have Machado there, so it should be better better order but i mean he hit 236 with six home runs in 52 games like that's not great he had an ops of 778 the worst of his career with san diego i i just i know he's he's young he's one of the best players in the game he's one of the most exciting players in the game but i don't know you can take him take him too I, I may have to look just more into what these uh point style leagues categories are but um yeah i don't see how soto's too and just Looking at this list, there's a, there's one key name that I I see is missing. And looking at the overall list, he's ranked 30. Jordan Alvarez, I don't see how, how he's ranked so low below these other guys. He's only 25. He's been one of the best hitters in baseball. I mean, he's showing that in the playoffs, too. He had 37 home runs with an OPS over one uh, this year. Last year, 33 home runs, OPS 877. The Astros are still going to be good. He, he's someone that I think it should be. He's projected to go in the third round. Right I don't see how he's not m- m- way higher.
0: You saying that made me so happy because in my camera roll on my phone, I have a screenshot saved of Jordan Alvarez's baseball savant statcast page because it is one of the most <laughs> beautiful things I have ever seen. And I'm going to rattle these off real quick. This year, Jordan Alvarez was in the 100th percentile in average exit velocity, hard hit rate. X-W-O-B-A, expected batting average, expected slugging percentage, and barrel rate. He was in the 99th percentile in max exit velocity, 96% in walk rate, 63rd in K rate. So he wasn't even striking out that much. 74th in chase rate. So not only does he, he hits for a shit ton of power, he doesn't chase very many pitches. He strikes out like an okay amount, but like 63rd percentile, he's above average. Uh, how how does somebody like that garner a third round rating
1: yeah i have no idea because like you know what he is you know what the astros lineup is you're not wondering if machado and soto and that are all gonna be able to click and, and whatnot so seeing him not on the not on the top 12 i was like okay maybe this this list does seem kind of a uh, pitcher heavy maybe that's how ESPN Point league go, but when I look down out there, they have the overall top 300. He's down at 30. I mean, I would pick him, pick him a lot higher than that.
0: I would too, because uh, he's only trending up, especially with how he's been playing in the playoffs and stuff. I mean, as a Mariners fan, he, I mean, if you ask me, he's the best hitter in baseball. Mm-hmm. Like that, that dude was incredible. He's a thorn on our side. He's kind of always been a thorn on the Mariners side the playoffs just kind of made that it brought that more into the light for the entire world to see. The dude just hits the hell out of the ball. And like Dusty Baker said, he's not, he's not just a home run hitter. He's a hitter in general. Like he just hits. He excellent batting average. The dude can put the ball into the gap when need be. He, he does the things he needs to do, but then he also can tank the ball 480 feet, just throwing his hands out there. like, Players like that are rare. Like you can't do that. And I know uh Eric Cross, the guest we had on last time, uh, he had uh Jordan rated above Vladdy, Guerrero Jr. for next <laughs> season and that got some interesting buzz in the Twitter sphere. But I mean I don't think he's wrong. Vlad Jr. on this is rated fifth. I got into my head I'd I'd probably still pick Alvarez over Guerrero. Like i I think he's going to have he could hit 50 home runs next year and hit 320.
1: Yeah, I don't know why everyone seems to be be sleeping on Jordan because yeah, this season he was much better than than Vlad. I don't I don't see why that won't be the same case next season. Like I mean, in looking at the, the top 12 here, you have Otani, Soto, and Cole and Burns, two pitchers there, and then Vlad, and they have Vlad even ahead of Aaron Judge at six. So I think Judge should probably be. Probably two instead of Soto, I would have him up there. I mean, he's not going to hit 60 home runs again, probably not. But he has the power. He's at Yankee Stadium. He, he's on the Yankees. He's going to continue putting up putting up numbers unless he gets hurt. But you can say that about anybody. Like you can't factor in injuries unless there's someone like maybe Jacob deGrom or somebody that has an injury history. But yeah, I, I mean, Vlad is a good young player. Maybe they're they're just waiting to see him maybe go back to last year when he had 48 home runs and OPS over one, but he's still hit three eleven. Like that's similar to what Jordan, I guess 11 more home runs than Jordan had this year is, is a big deal. But yeah, I mean, those guys are comparable. They shouldn't be five and 30.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to pull up the, uh, the list of, where is it at here? Of hitters this year, the final rankings for ESPN for this season. Mm Mm-hmm and go to all, there we go. So Otani was first by a mile. Like it wasn't even, Otani had 903 points and the judge <sighs> was second with 607. Like he was, Otani was a full player's worth better. Yeah. Uh, But if I look down here, Alvarez end of the year, I'm just going off like the basic standard mm-hmm. ESPN points league. Yeah. Uh, Alvarez, 453 points, 3.4 points per game. Vladdy jr. 443, 2.8 points per game. Now like he was, Jordan was a top nine player. Vlad was about fifteenth. Like I, I just don't understand how they just all of a sudden rank your like Jordan's going to regress <laughs> somehow to a third round pick next year. That doesn't make any sense. And yeah,
1: yeah. Like I'm. Yeah, I mean Yahoo has Jordan. Uh, he finished ranked six overall, and uh, Vlad was ranked twenty nine overall. Like I. I I don't know how you can go on Vlad's side unless you think he will have that power bounce back, and maybe he'll try to slim down and, and get some speed, but he had eight stolen bases. I, I don't see him getting many more than that and it could just based off his, his play style.
0: Yeah, and another guy that I see... I'm just looking through the list here. Another guy that I see that they don't have in the top 12 for next year, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Fifth in the ESPN leagues at the end of this year, 490 points, 3.2 points per game. I'm wondering if they think the age like maybe age he'll regress if they're thinking it's a one off type of year. But I mean it's it's Goldie. He's he's had a solid yeah. career and I don't know if maybe that's tough because actually <laughs> if I think about it harder, I don't think I would put Goldie in the top twelve next year either. But it's hard to it's hard to downplay what he did this season.
1: Would you rather have um, I have yeah I have the ESPN top three hundred up here. Where do you think Paul Goldschmidt is, first of all?
0: Oh, in the in the top yeah. 300.
1: I'm gonna say uh, 34th. I mean, not, not bad. He's down there at 40. They have a uh, first baseman ahead of him. They have Olsen at 36, Pete Alonso 27, and then yeah, Freddie Freeman 11. So, and and Vlad, know. of course. I, I I I think it is that whole age thing, and maybe this was kind of a one off, but. He's been uh, hit 30 home runs most of the seasons of his career. Uh, him and Nolan Arenado are, are a good duo there in the middle of the order, so he should still get pitches to hit. But yeah, I'm, I guess the, they're factoring in the uh, the age factor, and you know, he, I guess his ce- they, we know what his ceiling is, and other players have higher ceilings. I guess would probably be my That's hypothesis as, as to why he's so low.
0: That's true. Some of these guys, though. See, it's tough because you're talking like first-round pick-worthy. Because I, I love a guy with kind of an unlimited ceiling. Like uh, Soto, I guess. Unlimited ceiling for Soto. He's young. Mm-hmm. That dude could he could just pop off for insane numbers next year. But there's also something to be said about those guys that have like a really high floor. I mean, Goldschmidt last year, 36 doubles, 31 home runs, 99 RBIs, and hit 294. And then this year, 41 doubles, 35 home runs. 317 like he's is he gonna do the same thing this next year I'm, i can't say no so like he he has a pretty high floor i just i don't know if that pretty high floor constitutes being first round worthy or not but man being 40 i, I don't know if i have matt olsen above him yeah uh
1: yeah, I mean that 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 floor thing I think is something we can discuss like in, in a separate episode. But like, yeah, it goes oh, yeah. back to, do you want to have have the high floor or like after I got screwed by Juan Soto this past year, like I don't I don't necessarily want to take a chance on someone like that again. Maybe I'll take someone like Jose Ramirez who I passed up on. He finished fifth overall in Yahoo. I mean I don't, I don't think I'd put Goldschmidt in the top round, but if it's a second or third round pick and you you got uh you took a big swing in the first round yeah that's someone you can possibly maybe quote unquote reach for in pick 30 pick 25 and just be comfortable knowing you have a solid first baseman that's going to put up 30 home runs 100 rbis on a pretty solid team
0: yeah he feels like the kind of guy that you'll wherever you draft him you're gonna feel like you got a good like you're gonna feel like you stole him like Mm -hmm probably by like the halfway point of the season you're gonna be like dang like hey I draft him in the I draft him in the third round, fourth round, but man, like he I feel like I stole him.
1: Yeah. Looking at this list here, I'm I'm surprised that there's uh no Mike Trout. He's been a, a first round pick to stalwart throughout throughout his career and just not seeing him there. It's interesting. But yeah, um, let's uh, we're trying to find some advantage here. But let's talk about No House Advantage. Uh, no House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play and pick em contests against other people for the shot at winning $250,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills against the house and win 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. But on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league. Sign up now with promo code SGPN at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this.
0: Uh, And if you're like me and there's a foreign language that you regret not learning in school, it's never too late to start with Babbel. Babbel is a language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can finally cross learning that new language off your list. I know back in the day I took Spanish in high school and college and I didn't hardly retain any of it, which I really regret. And Babbel is the type of thing that I've been taking some lessons lately. And I'm kind of, I'm getting back into it. It's so easy to do and learn and pick up on new phrases. And they, they teach it in such an easy way. Uh, I mean, with Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson. So you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans. But Babel lessons were created by over 150 language experts. And they're voiced by real native speakers, not computers. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, video stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash SGP. That's babbel.com slash SGP for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life.
1: Yeah, I know something else interesting about this uh, the top 12 here. You got, you got one flex player in Otani. I think you have... Uh, Five pitchers and six hitters. Is that right? Did I count that right? Three. Yeah, five pitchers. You got Cole, Burns, Alcantara, Degrom, and Woodruff rounding out. And hitters, hitter wise, you have uh, Soto, Vlad, Judge, Jose Ramirez, Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman. So, what what is your strategy in the first round? Like, when, how far would would a pitcher have to drop? Like, or or do you try to try to go for an arm first round?
0: I. I'm not really a big uh, arm in the first round guy. I, I usually start looking at pitching like fourth or fifth round. Sometimes it can bite me in the ass. I got a little lucky this year. But yeah, about fourth or fifth round, I like to get those really, really solid hitters up top. And then kind of, I'm usually in the next tier of starting pitchers. But I'm kind of surprised seeing somebody like, well, seeing Burns and Woodruff both being up there. In the top 12 i mean they're both good but top 12 worthy that like what if i'd taken like the fourth or fifth round i i don't think i seem top 12 for next year
1: really i mean he, he was solid when he was healthy i think he was one of my aces for my my big league this year i mean he he's allowed looking through his game log he allowed three earned runs or less in most of his starts all but three of his starts so i don't know if he's a big Big strikeout guy at 190 in uh, 153 innings. That, that's that's decent. But yeah, on on a Brewers team, maybe not get the wins, but also just looking at on the ESPN after the 12, they have uh, Scherzer and Bieber 13, 14, and then they have Urias, Verlander, Cease 17, 18, 19. So they have quite a few pitchers there in in the top 19. And yeah, I I typically go back and forth on on. Pitching in the first few rounds. I, I try to go into the draft with some sort of strategy, and then someone makes like a, a weird pick. And I'm just like, okay, let me, this pitcher dropped. I, I have a chance to get back to back aces. Let me do that. And you know what? Just especially to, with the days now of people kind of streaming starting pitchers, like it may be harder to find those pitchers during the season because if someone picks a starter up and he has a good start, he'll just keep them. It's not going to be a, a point where if a starter has a few good starts in a row you're able to kind of grab them so i go back and forth on that but i i I do think pitching is just having those few aces that they're so much better than the tier below them are are worth grabbing true
0: that is true but then i mean you have guys like yeah i guess getting one ace i like getting one ace i could see getting that as like a uh like a pillar like you got that one Mm -hmm. guy that you can count on and then you can kind of wait a couple rounds after that to get somebody else. I mean guys like uh Tristan McKenzie who they have ranked at 38, uh eighteenth ranked starting pitcher. He's a guy that I picked up off Waivers this year. Yeah. Like and he had an incredible year and then coming into this next season he's the eighteenth ranked starting pitcher. It always feels like every year there's those guys especially on the pitching side that kind of come out of nowhere and have excellent years. Uh, one that just randomly pops into my head as I'm talking is Lucas Giolito. He seems to be mm-hmm. like one year he's on, one year he's on. He was like Chris Davis of the Orioles back in the day. <laughs> one year he was on, next year he's off. One year he's on, next year he's off. This year, Giolito sucked ass, which means next year he's probably going to be top five in Cy Young voting. And I don't know how far I got to scroll down to find his name. Oh, there he is. The 31st ranked starting pitcher, 68th overall. He, that's probably you could probably go 10th round before somebody it, maybe even later especially with how bad of a season he had this year and that's the kind of person you're going to pick up and you're going to feel like you got a steal when he goes 15 I, and I, three. Don't
1: he, I don't know if i don't know if you can go the 10th round if he's ranked 68 maybe like what's that that's sixth round projectives yeah maybe it maybe, maybe a late single digit round maybe eight or nine you can pick him up there
0: but i feel like his stats this year are going to scare a lot of people off though
1: uh yeah i mean his era was almost five that wasn't wasn't too good but th- he's still young so yeah that, that's no he's not even young he's he's 28 so he's like in the prime of his career so yeah that's someone maybe you, you will be able to get as a steal
0: yeah kind of threw you a curveball there just throwing a random name just throwing a random name out there look at you pulling them stats up quick but yeah like, <laughs> i i do like the the concept of getting that one strong pitcher i wouldn't I still can't bring myself to do it in the first three rounds. I'm still like a fourth round take a pitcher kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even the fourth round, if I flip back to the rankings chart, people like starting pitchers rated like in the fourth round, it'd be like Zach Gallin, Spencer Strider, 21st ranks mm-hmm. pitcher. He's ranked 43rd on here. I'm currently writing a Spencer Strider article currently. A mm-hmm. uh, little spoiler uh, he's the let's see his 4.9 F WAR this year was the highest by a rookie starting pitcher since Hideo Nomo in 1995. Wow, just incredible! And that mustache, like, there's a lot to like about him next year. Yeah, like a bunch of Striders, Zach Gallon. I I'm not fully sold on Zach Gallon. He had a good year, just kind of the feel of it. I don't, I, I don't think I'm gonna draft Zach Gallon next year. I have a hard time drafting. Uh, Diamondbacks starting pitchers. Mm -hmm. But then they have Luis Castillo ranked 52nd. That man was in the playoffs. He was a machine. He struggled a little bit towards the end with with the Mariners, but he's the kind of guy that you can take in that fourth round. And he's going to put up ace numbers for you for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, but then looking at like some of the hitters that are here, you you got Devers, Austin Riley, Julio Rodriguez, George Springer, Mike Trout. Cedric Mullins, all between forty-five and 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 sixty here, like those seem like guys that have a solid floor and maybe could be could be higher up there. What what what? And you're mentioning like like Gallon and and uh, Luis Castillo that may be kind of up and down or maybe not be be sure things. Like I I feel like like that's why I would rather get a sure thing like that pillar, like you said, maybe get two or three pillars, but not three pillars. You can't go three straight pitchers, but get two pitchers in the first like three or four rounds and then get those middle middle round those hitters there's always seems to be like specific hitters that just seem to drop because people grab a few hitters early then they switch to bat and then switch to pitchers so I could see I could see a few of these guys that even like Jose Abreu like he was a first round pick what last year two years ago he's down at 62 yeah I mean obviously a lot of these things will change by the time the season starts but I just think looking at the quality of of positions and the tiers and stuff I think it's going to be Definitely interesting to, to track these rankings uh, up until March.
0: I agree. And one that I would love to get your opinion on now that I'm looking at these rankings a little further. From your Phillies, Bryce Harper. Next year, Bryce Harper is not going to have outfield eligibility to start the year on ESPN. He Ooh. didn't play enough outfield games to qualify. So he is only DH eligible, which means he's got to take your one utility spot. It's got him ranked down there, 64, six-round pick. Is he somebody you'd pick with that single DH eligibility? That's like the worst single eligibility you could have.
1: Yeah, but I think he's definitely going to play right field next year once he gets his his elbow or whatever dealt with, and he can, can throw a ball because they're not going to stick with uh, Schwarber and Castellanos in the outfield over Harper. So it might take a few weeks for him to get the eligibility, but I think – yeah, he's someone that he's behind even Kyle Schwarber. I guess maybe home runs are, are a big big stat thing on big big points in, in those leagues. But yeah, Harper at Harper sixty four, uh Trout fifty one, like these guys they could end up being top ten hitters at the end of the year. Like Harper this year on Yahoo uh was ranked if you do average, he was ranked fifty. Overall ranked one nineteen, even with missing what two or three months. So yeah, Harper's a guy. He steals bases. He hits home runs. He'll, he'll take walks. Yeah, Harper is definitely going to be someone I'm targeting. Uh, and unfortunately my bigger leagues are also with Phillies fans. So I probably won't end up getting them.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm really surprised that Trout is that far down the list. I mean, I, I understand the injuries. The back's a little scary, but mm-hmm. he's hit 40 home runs in like 113 games. That's a 50 home run pace for a season for Mike Trout. Like, I don't, that that seems so low. Like it seems like he's so far down the list. Like, it probably is the injuries, but if you somehow get a healthy trout. Damn, that's a steal at fifty one.
1: That's quite the catch, yes. Yeah. Ah, I see
0: a, a what nice healthy he did trout. there. I see what she did there. And Bobby Wood is way too like underrated on this too. I was talking to Eric Cross about that a little bit as well on Twitter. And by talking to it, I mean I responded to his tweet because somebody <laughs> did not agree with him. Uh he thinks Bobby Wood Jr. is a top fifteen player for next season. And I can't I can't see why he wouldn't be. Uh I think his stat line is very, very similar to that of Trey Turner, minus the average. But I mean, uh, what was the stat that Eric said? Bobby Wood Jr. was the only person this year. That scored 80 runs, hit 20 home runs, had 80 RBI, mm-hmm,
1: yeah. and 30 stolen, 30 30 stolen
0: bases. bases. The only person in baseball that did that. And that was as a rookie in his first year. And he hit like 255 or 254, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Uh, the, the fact that he's all the way down here at, where is he at? I just saw him. Is, he's 59. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: The fact that he's 59, but then Trey Turner is also like a just an undisputed, like Trey Turner's a first round pick next year. Like I wouldn't fight that at all. I love Trey Turner. I think it doesn't really matter to me where he goes in place. His game translates to a lot of different parks. He, Trey, he's first round worthy with the stuff he puts up. And the fact that he can be so first round worthy, but Bobby Wood is like a six round pick is wild.
1: Yeah, someone like Trey Turner, I I have not drafted him in the first round. I just don't think someone like that is first round worthy. But yeah, Bobby Witt is kind of like a Trey Turner light, and you can get him four or five rounds later, and no one's gonna really be going for him because he doesn't kind of stand out, especially on Kansas City. But uh, on Yahoo at least, he has third base shortstop. I'm not sure about on ESPN. So that's that's only adds to his value. Yeah, he should, he should be a guy that probably should be a lot higher. That's a it's a good call out there.
0: Yeah, he's. He's so good. I mean, I, if it was any other year, he would have won Rookie of the Year, but he had to go up against Julio Rodriguez. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. But, yeah, he's he's another one of them guys. I've talked about a couple of them. You're going to draft him later on because a lot of people kind of go chalk with their picks a little bit, at least early on in the draft. You're going to get him later around, like sixth round, right around there. And at the end of the year, you're going to think, damn, that was an absolute steal of a pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we record this, it is Thursday. Which means that Thursday night football is on. And if you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone Plus games in 4K at no extra charge. Over a hundred channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try FuboTV free for 7 days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to fubotv.com/sgp. That's f u slash t v.com/sgp.
1: Yeah, and make sure you uh check out OddsTrader. OddsTrader actually is one of my favorite odds comparison sites. It has like all all the books you use there. You can pick your state, everything it shows you where the best odds are, you compare the compare the books to see make sure you're getting the best price. So yeah, OddsTrader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so bettors can keep records of all your games and betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com/bluewire, Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets.
0: I'm looking for There he is. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect timing. uh I have to scroll down. Jazz Chisholm, his back worries me a little bit because he fractured his back or whatever it was. That's kind of a scary yeah. injury, and it does make me a little nervous for next year. Oh, he's way down there. They got him at 189, the 21st ranked second baseman. That, I mean, talk about upside. That dude may be the most electric player in baseball when he's healthy. Like overall, he's. A freaking stud. So at one eighty nine, do you think his like that kind of back injury is like warrants him dropping that far for next
1: year? I mean, it, it might be, but he's that's one of those guys that's gonna be what, round fifteen? T- towards round twenty, maybe he could drop a little bit. He's just he's another guy that's like Trey Turner, like Bobby Wood. He, he's got speed, he's got some power, he, he can He's he's a fun player to watch. I mean, hopefully for for his sake and for anyone that gets him in fantasy, he's one of the guys that the Marlins trade like they always trade their stars. But <laughs> even even in Miami, he was able to put up some numbers over over the past two seasons. Uh yeah, he had 14 home runs in sixty games. So if you that's on pace for over thirty while while hitting two fifty four, OPS of eight sixty. He's got uh he had twelve stolen bases, that's still on pace for probably 30-ish, oh, at least over 25. Yeah, he's that's down way too low. I mean, maybe he won't be fully healthy. He's, he is expected to be by spring training from what I'm reading, but yeah, he's going to be one of the guys that if you miss out on one of the you know better second basemen, he's going he's gonna to be a guy to grab.
0: Yeah, he's played 205 career games at the major league level, which is wild. I didn't think he would played that many over the last few years, but in mm-hmm. 205 games, got 31 doubles, 9 triples, 34 home runs, scored 100 100- 117 runs, which is impressive for playing for the Marlins. Uh, he struck out 230 times, but I mean he stole 37 bases as well. Like, he's he's a 30-30 guy when he's when mm-hmm. he's healthy. Like yeah. he's he'll be in that uh, especially points leagues, my favorite. Uh, one of the categories don't really count home runs and all that. It's total bases is what they count. And if if a healthy Jazz comes into next season, I can't imagine there's I could probably count on one-hand the amount of guys that might have more total bases than him if he plays a full season. Plus, he's stealing a ton of bases, and they got the bigger bags next year, which we talked about. Oh, yes. So that yeah. 15 career—I mean, he, he was 12 for 17 and stole the bases this year. Let's say a lot of those are bang-bang plays. That could be—that's 17 potential stolen bases in, in 60 games. Yeah. Like, that's fast.
1: Yeah, and his 162-game average is uh, 27 home runs, 29 stolen bases— only hit in 243 on his career, but he he has gotten better. Like a lot of that is just from he hit 161 in 21 games in 2020, hit 248 in 2021, and hit this this past season hit 254. So he has been getting better. He has been seeing a definite increase in power as well. So yeah, that that's a great call out there for for him being so
0: low. And second base is kind of a pretty thin position as well. I'm looking at the list right here. I mean, Marcus Simeon, Jose Altuve. Ozzy Albies, and then you get to, like, Cronenworth and Polanco and Arias. Like, he he easily could be a top—easily top four. I mean, he's better than Cronenworth. When he's healthy, he's better than Cronenworth. Cronenworth, I know he was an all-star last year, but—
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'd go top four, because just looking at— They have, they have Semien, Altuve, Albies. Jorge Polanco's pretty good. Hit, hit, it's it's for average. Catal Marte could possibly bounce back. Max oh, Muncher. I, I, I think didn't see Edmund down there. Yeah. yeah. They have Jazz as the uh, 21st second baseman. So he should definitely go undrafted in a lot of leagues, and you can grab him late if you're in a deeper league.
0: Yeah. Oh, and Brandon Drew we're at 22nd. That's... <laughs> Interesting. Oh, uh, I mean, while we're talking about fantasy and we're here, it's been a bit since we recorded, but we did talk about the giveaway yes. that we are doing. We were going to do it live on here and then post the episode for everybody to see but doing it live on here none of you listening to this can see the giveaway like none of you can see the wheel uh that picks the winner so you kind of just have to take us at our word so what we're going to do is this will be posted it will be live this evening so whenever you wake up this will be on there and uh friday the 21st I will be running the giveaway. I will screen record it on my phone from the app, and I will post it to Twitter and all the social media so that everybody can see who the winner is. And you will win that Project 70 Mike Trout, and you will win that $50 uh, SGP merch store gift card. So we are doing that. That will be going up today. So be on the lookout. I don't want to tag the winner because I don't want to lose like, immediately. I don't want to like ruin the fun for everybody else that wants to like watch the video and see who won so i'll wait a bit and then we'll inform the the winner and i'll get your address and we'll make sure that you get all the stuff that you won
1: yeah and we we saw a lot of reviews come in so thank you guys for doing that thanks for uh helping the show grow a little bit even though we we started late in the season we're hoping to have a bunch of off-season content and you know hit the ground running once uh the 2023 season starts
0: yeah and uh always make sure you come hang out in the discord Me and Ryan are very active. I've been picking up my activity in the discord game. Uh, Shout out the hockey channel. Ryan's (laughs) spot. That's been my, that's been my home lately. I'm learning hockey more. I know the Kraken, but I'm, I'm learning other teams and the hockey guys are a lot of fun to talk to. Uh, That's Sg.Pn slash discord brings you right to it. It's free to join, free to talk to us. And you can also follow us on Twitter as well at SGP fan or SGP and fan baseball. And yeah, like I, mean, I was listening to Ryan's hockey podcast before this, so if you're if you're a degenerate gambler and you like hockey, uh that's sg.pn/hockey or sgpn s you can uh check out the the hockey guys around their podcast.
1: Yeah, appreciate that shout out. We've uh we've been having a lot of fun so far this season and hoping to see some more people in the Discord.
0: Yeah. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at at Balakay, B U H H L O C K A Y E.
1: I am Ryan Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter at R Gilbert S O P.
0: All right, everybody. Until next time. Peace.